Welcome back to The Curious Clinicians, a medical podcast that asks why. I'm Tony Brew, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Hannah Abrams and Avi Cooper. Avi, how are you? Doing great. Good to see you, Tony. And Hannah, how's it going? I'm doing great. (laughs) Well, you'll be doing even better after we talk about onions. Hopefully you won't be crying. Because in this episode, we're actually going to tackle that specific question. uh, Why do uh, cutting onions specifically uh, apparently make us cry? Avi, this actually marks the fifth episode on our apparent culinary inquiry. And if you work backwards, in episode 38, we investigated the Thanksgiving food coma. In 37, we looked at the phenomenon of breaking the seal after drinking alcohol. In episode 30, we examined the soapy taste of cilantro that some people seem to experience. And in episode 9, we looked at the mechanism of why umami is so delicious. Why are you exposing us to onions? It seems like the three of us are pretty into food and cooking. And I think it's always fun to learn more about the mechanisms of some of the quirks that we encounter in the kitchen. And crying with onion cutting was one of those quirks that I just accepted it as a fundamental fact of the universe, right? You can't travel faster than the speed of light. Opposite electrical charges attract each other. And cutting an onion will always make you cry. But like, why would onions do that? What happens when you cut into them that has this effect on us and on our eyes more specifically. I mean, it certainly happens it to builds me. builds character. <laughs> well, yeah, you feel like, okay, I've earned this meal that has uh, all the, hopefully not blood, but certainly the sweat and tears. And actually, Tony, that uh, that does remind me of some like unfortunate mishaps in the kitchen. But for the most part, they should At one time. remain pretty separate. Yeah. I mean, it's just onions are a part of pretty much every cuisine I can imagine. And I mean, we already talked about cilantro, so I think we have to to talk about something that can be so polarizing. Totally. And onions are actually one of the oldest food crops that we have in our diets today. People have been growing and cultivating onions for thousands of years. They were first grown at least 5,000 and perhaps even as much as 7,000 years ago. Ancient Egyptians worshipped onions as their skin layers were thought to evoke eternity, and pharaohs were sometimes buried with onions, including Ramses IV, who was entombed with onions in his eye sockets. Other ancient cultures even felt that onions had medicinal properties, like in ancient India, it was they were invoked as diuretics. In ancient Greece, athletes used them to try to boost performance. And in ancient Rome, onions were felt to be beneficial for health in numerous ways, like inducing sleep, healing mouth sores, and ironically for our discussion today, ancient (laughs) Romans thought that onions improved vision. So it's really fascinating to consider all the ways that different civilizations over the millennia have incorporated onions into their diet and culture. I'm just imagining all these ancient cultures bent over their cutting boards, crying, you know, the same way that we do now. They, so let's, they so were. Let's get they, back. Defi- they definitely were. <laughs> so so let, we have to get back to that. Let's get back to the irritation, the uh, apparent irritation of the eye and the tearing, and, and we got to figure out what's actually going on. Now, I assume that there's some irritant substance that gets released when we cut into the onion. Is, is, that, what's, is that what's happening here? Yes and no. So if you think about it, the first thing that happens at the cellular level when you cut an onion is that the cell walls within the onion get damaged. And there's actually a specific sulfur compound that gets released into the air from these damaged cells. And that is S-alkanol cysteine sulfoxide. But is that the irritating substance that's causing the tearing? What do you both think? Yes. I think this one's got a couple more <laughs> layers. 
I always assumed that whatever was irritating my eyes and makes me tear up when I cut into an onion was directly released from the onion. But And I always assumed it was S-alkanil cysteine sulfoxidide, right? I mean, that's the obvious candidate. But of course, but it turns out that things are a bit more complicated and there are more layers like Hannah just said. So along with that sulfur compound, like Tony just recalled for us, S-alkanil cysteine sulfoxide, there's also an enzyme called alanase that gets released into the air from the onion at the same time. And alanase converts the cysteine sulfoxide molecule into sulfenic acids. So it's not what happens or what is released directly from the onion. It is rather that you're describing there is a chemical reaction in the middle of the air that is causing the cysteine sulfoxide molecule and the alanase enzyme to get released into the air and then mid-air break down the sulfoxide into the sulfenic acid and then arrive at my eye and cause tearing. Yes. It's like beautiful yes, ballet. Yes, exactly. It's like this pirouette. <laughs> directly into my eyes. And if only it was that simple, right? Yes on the reaction in the air, but no on the sulfenic acids. Sulfenic acids themselves are, for whatever reason, quite unstable molecules, and they rapidly and spontaneously rearrange to another type of molecule called thiosulfonates. Now, thiosulfonates do give onions their pungent aroma and flavor, and for a long time were assumed to be the source of onion crying, but no one really knew for sure. And in the literature, the sort of mythical molecule that maybe was a thiosulfonate or maybe was something else was called the lacrimatory factor. But it would make sense if the lacrimatory factor was a thiosulfonate, right? Because these are apparently quickly produced after cutting into an onion in the like the vapors sort of like wafting in front of me. And also they, from what you just said, if they're giving the onion their pungent flavor, then I I kind of always assumed that whatever was giving the onion their pun, the pungent flavor was also causing the, the tearing feeling that I was having. Like those two things were always linked in my mind, but that that's actually not the case. I totally agree. That's how I had always thought about this until now. And But it turns out that thiosulfonates, while they're the source of an onion's flavor, are not the source of eye irritation and crying. And as is often the case on this show, the answer is more complex than we assumed. So a crucial observation in the story occurred in 1971. Hunting for the so-called lacrimatory factor or tear-inducing substance from onions, two chemists isolated a substance from onion extract that reliably induced tears and crying when subjects were exposed to it. So what they had found was the lacrimatory factor. They had found it. And it turns out it wasn't a thiosulfonate. Instead, they isolated a molecule called propane thiol S oxide. And this finally was this illusory tear-inducing molecule made by onions. They had found it. Oh, they found what they saute. Uh, <laughs> okay, but so going back for a second, do the onions actually make the molecule? Is it hanging out in the cell walls? Does it get released when we cut it? Or is it also being formed in some kind of like beautiful midair reaction? Apparently, onions themselves don't actually make propane thiol S-oxide. So recall that sulfoxides are what get released when you cut into an onion, and then the enzyme alanase converts them into sulfenic acids. This is a lot of chemistry, I know. And we'll put a schematic in the show notes that it might be worth glancing at while you're listening to this episode. But back to the enzymatic reactions in the air. So around the cut onion, we have floating in the air these sulfenic acids. 
Some of them spontaneously convert to thiosulfonates, which then get acted on by another enzyme, which is appropriately called lacrimatory factor synthase. This synthase enzyme is actually released from the onion also during the cutting process. So the lacrimatory factor synthase enzyme converts sulfenic acids to the actual lacrimatory factor propane thiol S oxide. Okay, so my mind is, um, shall we say, spinning, but let me try to see if I have a conceptual summary and maybe for the first time pronounce correctly at least one of these molecules. So there's a bunch of them, and they're released after we cut into the onion. But the molecules that are released when we cut into the onion, uh, none of them are the so-called lacrimatory factor that makes us cry. And I'll tell you, let me actually ask a question, Avi. Is that why, if I cut a jalapeno, it's like, don't touch your eye. That is like danger. But I don't fear touching my eye after cutting an onion and that that's going to somehow induce the same irritation. Is there a similar explanation? Like it's not actually on my hands yet. It's got, I just can't touch the air in front of me. That's a good question. I would think that the reaction could still occur on your hand though. Um, but and I'm I would, not saying I like intentionally rub my yeah. eyes at, every time I, I cut an onion, but I don't, I'm not fearful of it. I'm not like immediately running yeah. to the sink. It also may be that capsaicin is just like really, really irritating. <laughs> you know, that's that's probably what it is. As we as we learned uh, when we talked about UTIs and why they make us, uh, why they burn. Mm. Okay, but to, uh, going back to the, to these uh, lacrimatory factors to generate it, we need something called propane thiol S oxide. Right, that is the molecule that that makes us cry, and there's multiple enzymatic reactions that need to occur. Apparently, not in the onion, but in the ether above it after we cut into it. Is are we getting closer? Yeah, you're cooking with gas. Thank God. But it's in the air. <laughs> Come on, that's that's the crazy thing. I'm like, it's literally happening in the air. Yes, that was the wildest part of the story for me. None of this is happening inside the onion at all. It's all going on in the air around you as you continue to cut the onion. And I, I do also wonder if that explains why there can be a sort of delay that at least I've personally observed, that it takes a little bit of time for the eye irritation to begin as opposed to, you know, right away you cut and you start tearing. It it can take, you know, half a minute or more. At least that's been my experience. And so these and it sort of makes sense then. These enzymatic reactions have to occur. And then the propane thiol S oxide has to physically reach your eye. Your experience is exactly mine. And I every single time I cut an onion, I have this naive feeling, oh, maybe this time. <laughs> this time. I have acquired a resistance and I will not cry. And then uh, you know, 15 to 20 seconds later, I'm asking my wife to, to finish the job for me. Yeah, I like convince myself I'm gonna be so fast that it won't even it won't even start. <laughs> yeah, I've like, watched oh, enough beat Bobby play. Like, I, I kinda I kinda know what I'm doing now. Yeah. Um, okay, but but why does this lacrimatory factor, this propane thiol S oxide, why is best you understand it? Does it actually make us cry? You know, I didn't see a great explanation for that, honestly. But the prevailing theory seemed to be that it's a direct corneal irritant, which sort of makes sense. That works for me. Yeah. All right. So so now that we understand this, are there ways? that are actually effective to stop myself from crying with cutting onions other than just like convincing myself. Going really, really, really fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're, the they're, cooking shows, they, they're, they're never crying on the cooking shows. I've watched a lot of Top Chef. It's true. You know, you don't see them like you're blinking, blinking deeply. Well, so, so maybe they are using some of these strategies and we don't know. So there are lots of purported ways, right, to help prevent this. And I certainly don't claim to be an expert on this type of kitchen science, but there, there was a tiny study from 2004 
that looked at using contact lenses to theoretically block propane thiol S oxide's access to the cornea, essentially via barrier action. And the study did find that there was a delay of the sensation of eye irritation in those who wore contact lenses during exposure. So I would think that using goggles would be even more effective than that. Have either of you tried like contacts or goggles for this in the kitchen? I I, th- I have a memory of trying goggles one time, but you know goggles are so tight that I think it became uncomfortable. What I really should be doing is using a face shield. I mean, there's so many face shields around nowadays. I should get a face shield from work, bring it home, and, and use that next time I cut. You should just oh, wear a papper. Just, just wear right a papper. Exactly. <laughs> so let's assume that wearing contact lenses might help. I'm not going to start wearing them. I like my glasses. And I'm not going to bring a popper home, and I'm not wearing goggles. Can you offer us anything else? A chemist named Eric Block has advocated for chilling onions in the refrigerator, theoretically to reduce the volatility of the various factors that get released into the air when an onion is cut and sets off these chemical reactions. He's also suggested peeling the onion under running water as propane thiol S oxide is water soluble and therefore theoretically will get washed away. But I didn't come across any randomized control trials that I could cite for this just yet. Any strategies that either of you use? I grew up with trying to use matches, like you put matches in your mouth. I don't think it works. I've heard that. I've never tried it though, because I'm not smart enough to not get rid of the match before it burns me. But have you tried that? No, but you know when we should try it is um, when we make the bolognese from episode That's nine. right. That's right. Yeah. You still owe I, me that. Well, yeah, there was a <laughs> pandemic, but yes. Um, I have I've heard about the refrigerator thing, but I had also heard that Placing onions in the refrigerator decreased their tastiness, and so I I haven't done that for that reason. I kind of just <laughs> do my best. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is, um, you know, just picking a different ingredient occasionally. And so I'm wondering, like, this does not happen with scallions, right? Or really with garlic or like anything else that I think of similarly having that, I don't know, robust onioniness. Is there a reason? Like, why are scallions fine? Totally, Hannah. Both scallions and garlic are sort of cousins of onions from the genus Allium. But it turns out they actually lack the lacrimatory factor synthase enzyme. So they cannot generate propane thiol S oxide when you cut into them. And so they they can't make you cry. If you cut up an onion and you cut up garlic such that there were a bunch of like the necessary enzymes already in the air, would you fuel the reaction even more? We have to try it. I don't know that I actually want to try that, but just don't put on any contacts. And well, here's the thing: yeah. like, there hasn't been an RCT done. I feel like all we need to do is just have dinner one night. And we have three arms. We could get it done. I think fairly quickly. It wouldn't wouldn't be that hard. And then we just publish it in the holiday issue of BMJ, and that, then we're done. Wasn't there like a journal of flavor that we cited on a prior episode? Yeah, Avi, you you brought that to our attention, didn't you? Cilantro. Yeah, exactly. Mm. All right, so okay, let, let's let's get maybe a little bit more crazy. Can can we just engineer an onion that lacks the necessary lacrimatory factor synthase and just not have this happen? So that's actually been tried. So some plant biologists endeavored to do this back in 2008, and they reported their findings in the journal plant physiology. So perhaps that's another journal we could try to publish our study in. They genetically transformed an onion strain to specifically lack lacrimatory factor synthase. And as you would expect, these onions cannot produce propane thiol S oxide when cut and they don't cause crime, which is great. But apparently the authors did sort of an informal taste test 
and they found that these modified onions lacked pungency when crushed raw, and they were less flavorful than regular onions. And so, though you know, apparently when they were cooked and sautéed, these onions they did retain their normal sort of sweet flavor that onions take on when sautéed. But it's sort of a mixed bag. I don't know. Yeah, I. I- I do like raw onion. A nice red onion in a salad is good. So I, I wouldn't want the genetically engineered onion and then that not have the ability to sort of include that as a staple in some cuisine. So, and it makes me wonder too, Tony, like you said before, that perhaps onions that have been stored in the refrigerator have less flavor. You wonder if some of these enzymatic reactions just not happening as well, the onions don't have the same oomph. That's right. Yeah. There's the sort of like good chemicals and the bad chemicals, and you sort of need the molium included. All right. (laughs) Avi, do you have any take-home points for us? Yeah. So there are multiple enzymatic reactions that occur in the air when an onion is cut that lead to corneal irritation and crying. The first step involves alanase converting S-alkanil cysteine sulfoxide to sulfenic acids. A second enzyme called lacrimatory factor synthase converts those sulfenic acids to propanethyl-S-oxide, which is itself the so-called lacrimatory factor. And that gives us all something to cry about. When cutting onions, that is. God, I, I, pronouncing all these words has given me something to cry about as well. <laughs> well, either way, that does wrap up another episode of The Curious Clinicians. Thanks, as always, for joining us. As a reminder, you can join our mailing list at CuriousClinicians.com to stay up to date on episode releases and have detailed notes delivered directly to your inbox. We're excited to partner with VCU Health to offer CME and MOC credits for physicians and other healthcare professionals just for listening to the episode. For more information, visit ce.vcuhealth.org slash CuriousClinicians. And as always, the information contained in this episode is for educational and entertainment purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Until next time, we've been the Curious Clinicians. Curious Clinicians.